0: This week's guest is a man who needs no introduction. Michael Phelps is an American retired competitive swimmer and the most successful and most decorated Olympian of all time with a total of 28 medals, 23 of them being gold medals. He is one of the best ever to swim. Michael, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So something you've spoken about publicly uh, is mental health and your struggle and depression. And, you know, talk a little bit about that. And and what do you think people get wrong about mental health?
1: Um, I mean, I think for me, the best thing that I really did was open up and start talking about things. Um, I was somebody who was really good at compartmentalizing things and stuffing them away and never seeing them or if they ever came up I would just stuff them back away again so I never really dealt with some of the things that I probably should have dealt with a long time ago. Um, so for me uh, I learned how to communicate. That was one thing that that through this process, um, I guess through the last 30 years uh, I just basically learned to communicate and, and Open up and not hold on to things, um, so for me that was that was something that I needed to do, but I also saw that I was at a a, a point where I needed help, and i didn 't always ask for help because i was i 'm an athlete so I, we're yeah, supposed you don 't need anyone's we're help. we 're supposed to be these big macho guys that we can get through anything um, and and that at that point was not the case. I needed help to get through what I was going through so um, that 's basically when. I was to the point where I didn't want to be alive anymore, and I was in my room for three or four days. Um, I decided that there had to be some other thing, some other way for me to get better and and to learn more. Um, So I basically just tried to find a place where I could go to um, a treatment center to to really understand what was going on a little bit more and and to try to change it. Um, So for me, it was kind of just like taking everything head on and tackling some things that I didn't want to 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 tackle, or I was afraid of of seeing or going through, um, but I I think the biggest thing is I was just upset and fed up with feeling like I was, and I wanted to get better, and I wanted to get help. Um, so for me, being seeing a therapist and getting the help, where you know if it's from my wife, it's from an outside party, no matter what it is, for me, it's still something every day that I'm going to struggle with. And, I mean, there are a handful of times where I've still gone through depression spells since 2014. I mean, I probably just came out of one about a month ago where I was not good. But you know, this is what makes me who I am. This is a part of who I am. So for me, the biggest thing that I can do is sharpen up my tools, try to get more things to help me get through these hard times when they do arise, and and to also understand that it's okay to not be okay, right? I love and, that. and and that's basically every day what i try and do so what are some of those tools in your toolkit that you find helpful i mean for me it's my wife just obviously she's everything she's my rock she's my glue she holds me together so you know it's us just openly communicating about anything and everything And i think that you know for us being together for this is what 11 years 12 years now congratulations um, thank you (laughs) Uh, we've known each other for a long time so we've we've kind of gone through a big section of it with communicating a little bit but not as much as we are now I think the point now where we are is everything is on the table. And I think it's so much better and so much easier to live life that way when you're not holding on to anything, you're not stuffing things down. So for me, um, my biggest thing is just talking and being authentic and being open. And if I can do that every single day, that's all that matters.
0: Sure. So something you've also talked about, uh, meditation and visualization, you know, just talk about what that, what that meant to you as an athlete, and what that means to you today.
1: I mean, the biggest thing with visualizing is, is you're just prepared for everything. And I think that was our, our biggest strategy behind it was every time we got into, so speaking competition wise, every time we got up for a race, I already played the race in my head to how it's going to go, how I don't want it to go and how it could go. Like, every single scenario, I've already played in my head. So when I get up there, I don't have to think about anything. I'm just up there, and I'm up there to race. So it's basically, like, for visualizing, that's a part of my preparation. So now now that I'm not in swimming, I still have to prepare for other things that I'm doing, right? So it's just, like, a, a box that I can check. Like, I'm that extra amount prepared for whatever I'm about to do. Meditating is something that I'd like to do more of now um, just because of of... I mean, I'm in a different stage in life. I'd like to have some peace and quiet from time to time. Um, So for me, I think that's something that Nicole and I are both trying to find, whatever that is that we both need. You know kind of away from each other so and and to get ourselves relaxed and and i mean even now like we just started taking yoga together at the house we have an instructor that comes to the house and we do yoga at the house twice a week but we still need that extra me time right you still need that extra me time so whatever that is um i think it's always key to always make making sure you're finding that moment for you I would like for that to be meditation. I actually have a <laughs> meditating app. I don't know what app it is, but I just downloaded it. To I look at it every day, and now I have to force myself to use it. That's a good first um, step in the right so direction. So hopefully I can get into it. And, and um, I did actually one session with Tony Robbins once, and um, just a little small group session, and it was incredible, just how he got me to think and whatever he was saying. It, Talk it, about it, amazing presence. It, just, um, it blew my mind. I mean, it's just like... When you're around him, you just feel that just this, his aura. And well, this he's also like my height. He's six huge, seven, but he's like this massive. Wide. Massive. Yeah. So it was a really cool experience getting to meet him and talking to him about some of that stuff.
0: So we covered visualization, meditation, yoga, something else that everyone here at My Muddy Green loves. That that you've actually played a large role in shedding light on are some of your alternative recovery techniques like cupping i feel like you put cupping on the map so let's talk about cupping and other alternative techniques you've used
1: um i mean for me growing up and and, and competing and, and going through the sport like i have we're always trying to find different things to use and different ways to recover so for me cupping was something that i, I mean, we started like five years ago and i absolutely loved it um and it's it's all over i mean i'm cupping my shoulders my back my legs um Graston, uh, is another one Graston technique. I wouldn't, I mean, I like it, but if you don't like pain, I would say, stay away from it. (laughs) Explain Um, to people what it is actually. So Graston is basically like taking crowbars and you're digging them into certain sections of your body. So like I would always get my lats or my shoulder blades, it band. Um, and it's literally, they're like crowbars. It's about that long metal about that wide and you just dig. It's a little more intense than cupping it's, or like a theragon, or... Yeah. It's similar, but it's more intense to a theragon. Theragon's a little more relaxed. Yes. There's like a yes. nice like... <laughs> if I'm on the table getting grassed and you have to uh, probably make the room completely empty and make sure there are no kids around. Cause <laughs> there might not be very good words that are flying out cause it hurts so bad. So when you were so bad, when you were doing cupping, would you do acupuncture as well or Mm-mm. just cupping? I do, I've done acupuncture a little bit after, yep. um, an acupuncture that's so been working on, uh, my shoulder. Actually, I've had a couple of cortisone shots in my shoulder over the last couple of years and she's breaking apart the scar tissue. Uh, and it's crazy. Like, I mean, this is the first time I did it and I probably haven't been in, two or three months and you can tell like I can tell the difference wow Um, so that's something that that I've enjoyed um, just because it gives my shoulder a little bit of freedom and (laughs) opens it up a little bit so it's not hurting all the time Um, but other than that I mean I guess massaging ice tub grass cryotherapy big thing right now I would just. We just did the old school. The old school. Give me some ice. Give me some ice and, stim and you're put good it to in. Go. That's it. Yeah, uh, it's like 40, 48 to fifty-two degrees, and you sit in for five or seven minutes. Wow.
0: So something else. Uh, I'm guessing has changed since you've become a little bit older wiser is, is your diet and, and <laughs> how you view nutrition <laughs> so talk to me a little bit of, of how you've evolved
1: I would say after 2004 I had a friend of mine tell me that I would never be able to eat like I was for the rest of my life and I laughed and told him he was full of it and sure enough four years later I took six months off and gained like 40 pounds wow, so 40 I mean I was trying like I mean the stuff that I was doing I was trying to gain weight So, I guess then for me, coming back into the sport after 12, that was the first time that I really, really, really treated my body like it was a high-performance race car. And I was trying to put in the best fuel that I possibly could. I want my body to work the best, right? You want it to be the best that you can possibly be. So, I trimmed a lot of red meat out of my system. I really eat, basically, chicken and fish as proteins. That's it. But I don't eat, like... The crap, I guess that, yep. or the junk food, I guess you could say, or like that I that I once did as a kid, and and, and I'm not inhaling as much food as I can either. Um, for me now, honestly, I eat what I need to, not really what I want to, I um, because so sw- because when I was swimming, eating was a job, because I was <laughs> I was fluctuating between five and ten pounds in a week from training. So it's like I literally had my coach all the time, like here here's a power bar here here's this here's that and you're like oh, i don't want to eat any more of these so for me i get what i need and not what i want and so it's do you have like favorite healthy foods or any favorite vegetables or
0: fruits or like um, to.
1: we eat a ton i eat a ton of spinach we eat a load of spinach at the house um we have a lot of salads a lot of like butter lettuce a lot of brussels sprouts i actually just started eating blueberries again and i never i i they disgusted me like I really I, I didn't, so blueberries I never, are back at the Phelps household I never liked blueberries <laughs> but now all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm eating a handful at a time here and there so I yeah, I, love I, but uh, mango is a big one we love mango Boomer loves strawberries I try to cut as much sugar as I can sure. but blueberries I know, I like are all candy. good I like candy too so well you I gotta like my, you gotta live sometimes uh, I like my gummy bears too much so I can't cut those <laughs> up so you mentioned Boomer
0: so how has being a dad changed you
1: um it taught me more patience i'm still learning more patience um, <laughs> but no it's it's honestly it's it's truly incredible and amazing just to be able to see firsthand every single day he changes and now you know? I'm, boomer is 28 uh, coming up on 28 months and bex is 7 months oh wow okay. 8 months they're 21 months apart so with booms it's just like I mean, he's a madman and, and I think the craziest thing is now I get to really see what my mom was telling me how I was as a kid. <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, he's probably exactly like I was, nonstop running back and forth, basically running into walls, getting back up and just keep it like going. He's always pretty happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is just it, just that patience, just trying to teach him things or trying to figure out different ways to teach him. Because it's hard breaking it down for it, like breaking it down in a way where a kid's going to understand exactly what you're telling him. So you're trying to just work on different delivery messages to try to get what you're trying to get across. So for me, it's, it's just a challenge because it's all like the tone in your voice or this or that, and they can feel all of the energy off of you. So... It's kind of like he probably has a really good understanding of what buttons he can push to make me mad. Oh yeah. Um, so I think that's like for me as a dad, like it's crazy to think about, but it's also so cool because they're trying to learn as much as they can and grasp onto as much as they can. So he right now is a complete sponge. <laughs> so it's 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 cool seeing the different transitions that they go through in their lives, and for me, since I'm not training anymore it's nice to be able to be there and see all of them in person. So
0: how would you describe your parenting style? I'm sure, you know, it's like everyone gives you advice, like you need to do this or you need to do that. And like, how would you describe, like, what's, what would you say to yourself? Like, this is actually how we're doing it, how I want to do it. Like, how would you describe your parenting style?
1: Um, I mean, I think we're pretty laid back. I think we're yeah. pretty relaxed. I mean, we like to have the kids kind of experience things on their own. Sometimes it's been difficult to be like, no, 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 don't go over there. Don't, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. And he's just like, and then if, if he falls or if he tries to eat something that he, I know he won't like, then he learns that way. So I think it's for me, it's taking a step back and, and, and trying to relax and let him just experience different things and try different foods or try to jump off this side of the pool instead of that side of the pool. So we're, <laughs> we're kind of just like, we're, we're giving him a little bit it's of freedom um, to try to figure things out on his own. And I think it's, it's been pretty cool and been pretty fun. So water conservation is something that's
0: extremely important to you, mm-hmm. as it is to us here at My Body Green. Talk a little bit about why it is so important to you and why, we're, why it's so critical for where we're at right now in 2018.
1: Um, I mean, for me, it's, it's obviously been a big part of my life and an intricate part of my life forever. Um, so, and, and, and I never see that changing. You know, so water is something that is so special to me but also is so important to me. So, you know, it, this is something that was so easy for me to be a part of because it's something that we believe in and something we do every day at home anyway. So we're going to our second year of, of partnering together with Colgate and, and um, you know, really over the last year, being able to spread the message that we have about the importance of turning off your faucet when you're brushing your teeth and, and just kind of explaining, you know, when you do leave the faucet running, you're wasting almost 64 glasses of water. That's insane. Um, so that's one person. So us being a family of four now, like, that's a ton of water. So for me, we have Boomer, we have a little sticker in the, uh, on Boomer Stopper that turns color when the water's been on for too long and he sees it. So we're trying to get him now in the rhythm of turning it off. He turns the water off and, and leaves it and, you know, it's those little tiny things that one person can do and then that one person turns into 10 and, you know hopefully you'd like to think that people can use common sense to be able just to turn off the water because why are we wasting it it's been something that we just kind of take for granted because we've had it for some people don't even
0: have it like there's a half a million people in the central valley of california who don't have access to clean water like that's insane it's like we're not talking about africa like this is the central valley it's not that far
1: from la or san francisco and it needs to change and we all need to help and and we can do simple things together like turning off the faucet, and making sure, you know, you're not leaving the water running for an absurd amount of time when you're in the shower, or cutting back on the amount of loads of laundry that you do at a single time. So they're all little things that we can all do together that can make a significant difference. I mean, three fourths of Americans, like we said, who who have paid attention to what we're doing and and the messages that we're getting across. Within the last year, we have saved 50 billion gallons. Like that's a ton. So, you know, that's, and that's not even including everybody. So if we can get more people involved, we can have this resource for a longer extended period of time. And that's what we want. So we all really should be able to dive in and see the importance of, of uh, what we are doing and jump on board because it's something so easy that we can all do every day to make a big impact. It's like brushing your teeth. You do
0: it twice a day. It's a couple of minutes. Like that's insane. Yeah. That's that's a very nuts. easy nuts, thing, and I right? think the problem with water and climate change—something we've talked about here on my buddy Green—is so many people are like, "Oh wait, like I, I can't do that. I can't afford a hybrid. I can't do solar panels." But well, like, no, like it's actually like there are yeah. some really simple things, and if you think about climate change and like waters, water's kind of at the center of
1: it. It's it's and it's and, and, and the thing is now I think it's it's good because there are actually politicians who are talking about it. There are people who are actually standing up. Myself, I'm. Well, you're up, talking about it. That's I'm a big up. deal. I'm for a guy who lives in the about, water, he's right? talking about water. Um, but, but I think like that's the good thing because now people are starting to understand the importance of making a change today to be able to have as this amazing resource for the rest of our lives. So. I mean, I, I, just, I just think it's common sense and it should be a no-brainer that, that people should be able to turn the water off while they're brushing their teeth. And, and um, I mean, just for me, like over the last year, I've, I've actually started to see people or hear people come up to me on the street and say, I now think of you when I brush my teeth. So I-, I <laughs> Never I, thought I'd hear that. <laughs> I know, right? I, I don't really know what I'm supposed <laughs> to say, but in my head, I'm like, awesome. The, mem- like the message is working. They're getting the message. Um, so for me, it, it, it shows that we are doing something and, and, and it is working. Um, so, so for me, that excites me. I love that.
0: So what keeps you up at night and what has you excited in the morning? We always close with these questions.
1: Uh, the stuff that I do every day. I mean, my foundation, um, you know, being able to be a part of this campaign with Colgate, okay. continuing the, the, the talk about mental health. I mean, these things are all um, things that are personal to me and I have the chance to save lives. And, and for me, those are way more important than winning a gold medal. This is this is incredible because every single morning I get to wake up and do what I love love and have the chance to make an impact. And for like, you know, I mean, I, I never thought that through a career or through a swimming career that I would be able to have a platform to stand up and talk about things that are important. And talk about things that could make a significant change and, and, and a significant difference. And for me, I'm just lucky to have those. I love that.
0: So my last question, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice at your first Olympics, what
1: Nothing. would that be? No Wouldn't advice. You? I no. love it. No, because it's like everything that I went through brought me to where I am today and made me who I am today. So I'm I'm happier with who I am today than I really ever have been in my past. So for me, I would never change anything the good bad or the ugly stuff because it it helped mold me who i am today i love that amen to that cheers michael phelps thank, thank you me. thanks guys